This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With over 12 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Now listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be Financially Tuned. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Mike Mansfield, Certified Financial Planner here in Ventura, California. This week, we've got a good show. We're going to be talking about some great economic data. We're going to be talking about Medicare and Social Security. We've got a lot of fun things to focus on today, but hey, we can't have a show, can't have a good conversation without Tony Shore, my my co-friend, my co-host here. <laughs> so I don't well, know. it's hard. It's, it's hard a, to have a conversation <laughs> without me on the show unless you got somebody else. I uh, just put, a, talk I, I just put a mirror up and yeah, we can, I can have a nice yeah. conversation with myself. Well, uh, thanks for having me on the show, but I have to disagree with two things you said in your intro already. Uh, I'm just I, I find co-friend. two falsehoods. Okay. You said you said welcome to another episode this isn't just another show oh. so you're wrong there it's not just another show and you said it was going to be a good show today no it's going to be a it's great be show the show the show of shows so this this isn't just another show and, and it's not a good show it's a great show and you uh, can see why i let you come back every single week tony because <laughs> you only smooth the water <laughs> all right well somebody has to try to keep you in line i know your mind is so focused on helping people that uh I'm. I think we're just fortunate. You take time out of your busy schedule to do the show each week. Well, I enjoy it. You know, there, yeah. there's there's so many things I enjoy in life. I like watching my daughter play soccer. I like sure. working on financial planning behind the scenes and at nighttime with all the numbers and puzzle pieces. And I like talking to you on the radio. So yeah, there yeah. it is. There's my top three. <laughs> wow! Boom! 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 <laughs> out go the lights. I love it. So um, today's show. What are we talking about on today's show, Michael? Let us know. Well, look, I talk about it all the time, Tony, but there's two things in this world, at least in my business. There's emotions and then there's numbers. What about pizza? Well, there's pizzas in the middle. You know, that's how you you have to have have a conversation about emotions and numbers. You got to have pizza. That's maybe that's (laughs) what it is. And maybe coffee or at least coffee. It's the the glue that brings it all together. (laughs) So emotions. Wow. Uh, We're going to get to the heart of it emotions well, you know it's funny when we when we had our show last week and, and dan was on from florida you know it was so funny because we were talking about emotions for a second and he said something to the degree of look it doesn't matter what state you live in just don't be live in an emotional state and i thought that that was so funny that it stuck with me and here we are talking <laughs> about it again the um but look that's great the reality is is we turn on the news and the news is just full of drama all the time. And to be fair, a lot of it's legitimate drama. You know, we have these these terrible shootings in our country and around the world and all these problems and all these hassles. And then we have hurricanes. And there's a lot of things that are very emotionally challenging to watch because you feel bad. Yeah. You know, we 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 don't we don't wish malice on other people, but society, it's full of it. There's always things happening that are so challenging. And I think one of the the problems that we all have is those emotional negative things that we see really do bleed into, we'll say the, 
the investment side of our lives, the financials, the how's the stock market doing, all of that stuff. And, you know, I remember, I, we can go back in time here. I think I've mentioned this before because it's, it's weird how in life, life passes, Tony, and there's just some things that, that you can close your eyes and picture as clear as day. And something, some things you can't. My wife was reminding me of something the other day. I cannot for the life of me remember what she reminded me of, which is maybe the, its own problem. But she's sitting there <laughs> telling me this story and saying, well, you were there and here's what you did. And I'm saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, been, I have, I have I, no I've idea what you're talking situation. about. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that for some reason is weirdly clear as day to me is if we go back to February of 2016, the stock market in 2016 had the worst stock market open in 109 years. It opened in January and boom, it just started going down. And the stock market went down for the better part of six weeks into February. And it was funny because anytime you turned on the news, every headline, all they were turning to was recession, recession, recession. This Oh, it's all over. Ah, finally, every the, 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 the sky is falling. It's all over. Right. The sky is falling. And then in February, here's Jack Bogle, founder of Vanguard. I think he's 87 years old, but he's still very intelligent, very active, very spry. He's a great interviewer. He's sitting on the news and he's being interviewed. I think he was on Bloomberg TV here in my office. And so I remember, you know, I normally have the, the news on on my TV in my office and I have it muted while I'm working, but I saw him on there. So I turned the sound back on. And this is one of those just catastrophic doomsday days where the Dow Jones is down over 500 points and you know it's just blood in the streets kind of an attitude and someone's interviewing Jack Bogle and they say to him Jack you know what's a normal individual investor supposed to do I mean this is terrible the market's just crashing it's all over and I'm going to use my own words but he essentially said you're all idiots and the problem is <laughs> He didn't say that. Don't quote him on that. <laughs> You're paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. Sure. But he said the problem is, is people have such a strong tendency of turning on the news and following the stock market. In yep. the moment, the stock market is always emotional. In the moment, it does follow the headlines. If people get upset, they sell things. If they turn on the news and there's something bad going on, they sell something. But at the end of the day... Just like we always heard in our economics class in school and our math classes in school, everything returns back to the mean. And what he meant is, is everything at the end of the day is driven by numbers and economics. And so emotionally, in the short term, we can see big corrections. We can see the market go up and down. But at the end of the day, it's all about the math. It's all about the economics. If there is good economics, then everything will be okay. And that's what he said. And he's like, to be honest... Everybody's screaming recession right now. And you know what? Economically, everything's fine. You know, home sales are up and wage growth is up and all these things are looking okay. And you know what? As soon as he got done talking within another six weeks, the market was back to where it was. And all those people that were screaming recession and it's all over and just kind of following the day of the market. Also, no one was mentioning that anymore. Yeah. And 2016 well, and by the turned out being a great year. Yeah. Well, yeah. And by the end of the year, uh, it set a record high. Right. And right? once again, a record high from then. And so it's funny because we have this emotional tendency of saying, oh, my gosh, the stock market is up so much. Um, in fact, at the moment, it's the second best bull market ever. And it and the S&P 500 is only 6% away from being the best bull market ever in yep. a specific time period. So 
We're having a great run. Nobody can knock that. But what it does is it starts bleeding in that air of doubt because the bigger it goes, the more people start saying, oh, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. And, and, and it uh, will, right? Yeah. Markets go up and markets go down. But at the end of the day, markets are driven by economics. And we can go back to any time period. We can go back to 08 and there's, there's plenty of financial crisis information to show where the economics failed. Same thing happened with the tech bubble in the early 2000s. And so right now we have to look at economic data and decide, is the economics still there to support the market? Because if it's not, well, then maybe we need to start raising our eyebrows. But if it is, maybe this is just a great, fantastic time in the stock market and, and we shouldn't put so much doubt on it. Right. But, uh, so, so then the next question is, is uh, what is the economic outlook right now? What is our current situation economically? Well, we better hire an economist, Tony, and bring him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Well, no. let's talk about what's happening with the. All economy, right, so here, here, here's what it is. I, you're, I, I you're, a bunch you're of... very educated on this topic. I know that. I mean, you may not be a you know have a doctorate in economic no. studies, but no. And remember, uh, before we start talking economics today, well, we'll put in the disclaimer. Uh, past performance doesn't guarantee future results. So, you know, we'll see what happens True. tomorrow. But it's interesting. You look at some of the some just economic things, a lot of things that they look at. One of the things that CNBC recently did is they did their economic survey and it showed optimism in the American economy is at a 10 year high. Well, optimism is good. People thinking wow. things are well is good because a lot of times people derive that from a couple places. And hopefully one of them is not from emotions, but rather from data. Uh, manufacturing activity just hit a 13 year high. That's good. That means things are booming out there. The service sector activity just hit a 12 year high. Oh my gosh, we're hitting all of these records inside of these different sectors. The, there's a record 6.2 million open jobs in America. What that means is a lot of companies are in a hiring phase. They're looking for qualified people to grow, grow, grow their businesses. That's a good indicator that companies are doing well right now because normally you trim the fat, you hire less people, you, you trim out all the people. If we're in a hiring phase, that is a really strong growth indicator from, from an economic standpoint. The semi-truck sales are out of control right now. That's awesome. Because, dude, Tony, do you own a semi-truck just to go put down to the, the market on the weekends? No. Right. No. We, we buy semi-trucks for a reason, and normally that's for economic reasons and growth reasons and industrial yep. reasons. Moving so looking goods. At, Semi-truck sales is huge. Uh, the intermodal rail traffic hit a record high at the end of September. So rail traffic, so trains using and you know, shipping around goods and supplies and all of those things around the country. Record highs. These are good things. Uh, let's see what else we got. You know, despite this impending, we hear about the, the doom and gloom in the retail industry. You know, it's all over. Retail's dead. You know, you're going to buy everything on Amazon, which I do. So I get it. But, um, but you look at over the last 12 months, you know, and there was nearly 700,000 people got hired in the retail sector. So, you know, all the things that we hear as good headlines, Sometimes you got to look at the numbers behind the scene and say, well, what's really happening? You know, is this really accurate? Even median home sale prices across the country rose an average of 5% over the last 12 months. Once again, that's wow. good. Yeah. You know, if people are struggling, if people aren't confident, if things aren't going well, people aren't buying houses. It's certainly not paying them new, new, new highs. Now, granted, 
someone can take all the same information and say, Mike, yeah, but everything's hitting highs. That means we could be back at the top, which is totally true. But remember, the whole point of this is, is strong economics have the potential of continuing to drive the market. Um, car sales, you know, a couple weeks ago, huge rebound. GM had sales were up 12% and Fords were up 9%. So all of a sudden the consumers are buying cars again. Airlines are carrying a record number of people right now. There's so much strong economic data out there of what's happening with all these different industries. It's awesome. Now it's funny though, so if we go back a handful of weeks, the non-farms payroll came out and showed a loss of 33,000 jobs in September. And people will take that headline and say, oh, well, there you go. It's all over, Tony. Ah. But what's interesting <laughs> is if you pull the report apart just one more step, look at the other stuff. Wages. In September, wages on average were up 2.9%. That's fantastic. Because wow, one that of is the problems big. that we've had that Janet Yellen, the Federal Reserve, and everybody's been hung up on is, hey, look, unemployment's going down, but wage growth isn't going up. So something's wrong. You know, It's just not healthy. And we're mm -hmm. getting wage growth. That's what That's we need. Good. Doesn't everybody want to raise? I want to raise. Tony, I know I do. For, <laughs> I, I know I do. After this radio show, you're going to have to <laughs> kick in some more coin, buddy. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just... uh, you know, submit a formal <laughs> request. <laughs> It'll go through our review department and we'll see what happens. The, <laughs> it's out of my cans. Um, the, uh, also, 16-year low unemployment rate. We just hit 4.2%. That's the 16-year low. That's well before the, the Great Recession and all these things. That's huge. We have a lot of people employed. Now, granted, uh, once again, I realize that as we talk about this data, anybody can pick it apart. You know, the way that the government assesses the, the unemployment rate is a little skew from the real unemployment rate and all those things. But the concept is the concept. The concept that the number's dropping is still favorable to the big picture. So there's a lot of good stuff going on in the market. There's a lot of stuff going on in the U.S. economy that, to be fair, can still be a driving force. There's a lot of unknowns, right, Tony? We might have some um, tax reform here by the end of the year, perhaps. Yeah. yeah Do we know what that definitely. means? Um, uh, well, we don't know what that means. Yeah, though, exactly. Not, not quite. Um, but the, the idea of that could once again be pro-growth. Uh, deregulation is generally pro-growth. So there's a lot of things that could really drive the benefit of a business. But you know what? Let's take a little short break real quick. And when we yeah. come back, we'll talk about this stuff more because I'm getting excited and this is good. I, I know this is good, but uh, <laughs> why don't you give your phone number? I know you're offering our listeners a complimentary consultation. You've got a new book that you'll be happy to give them if they come in and meet with you and there's no cost or obligation. What's that phone number? Yeah, Tony, thanks for that. My, my phone number, office number is 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. And like Tony said, give us a call, set up a complimentary consultation. It's no cost to you. More than happy to work through the basics of retirement income planning. My new book, I just got my first big box of them. So it's out. It's ready to go. How Your Financial Planner Failed You. It's a template to retirement income planning. It's a very simple read. I made it very straightforward so that we could you could understand what the process is to correctly formulate and put together a functional retirement income plan. But hey, give us a call 805-500-7035 and we will be right back after this. 
In today's volatile environment, making sure your assets are properly aligned with your financial goals has never been more important. If you have ever thought that maybe too much of your assets were exposed to market risk, you owe it to yourself and your retirement to check out the Color of Money Risk Analysis. To learn more about this valuable self-assessment, visit us at thelindgroup.com or call us today at 805-500-7035. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host is none other than Michael Mansfield. And speaking of talking about the economy and our emotions driving that economy and driving our own economy, uh, you're an emotional guy today. I can tell you're passionate about this topic and talking about the economy, how you know things have actually, they're looking good. Although if you turn on the news, it's doom and gloom. But there are some good signs in the economy, is what you're saying, I take it. Well, and that, and that's a good thought, Tony, and I, and I appreciate that because I am passionate about this stuff. Like I said, I feel that all the investing, all the things we do is really predicated mainly on data. You know, it, it's almost like Social Security. We talk all the time about Social Security. And what do we know about Social Security? We know that over 60% of people run out and take early Social Security at the age of 62. If you simply live to your life expectancy, that was a terrible mathematic decision. Now, granted, your personal situation might have dictated it. Maybe, you know, you don't have the same life expectancy. Maybe you needed the money. There's reasons why people should take it at 62. But the masses of people take it at 62 because of emotions. They're scared Social Security won't be there, so they take it. Or they're scared they're not going to live a long time, so they take it. Or, the, or they just simply think that starting earlier will uh, logically get them more money. They'll be able to collect more from Social Security the earlier they start. Exactly. Um, which remember, is completely false. Well, that's totally true. And and your peer group, everybody around you. I mean, if 60% of the people are taking it at 62, obviously a lot of people good. you know is doing it. And so you hear that and say, well, I better go take it. And you, you know, you run out and do it. What's amazing. If you look at the other statistic on that waiting till 66 or, or between 66 and age 70, which is starting to get to the high side of maxing out your social security, less than 4% of retirees take it in that age group. Less than but 4%. yet if you do, if you do, what's the pr uh, over a lifespan, you could get tens of thousands more dollars, right? That's a that's a totally true point, Tony, and that's what it's all about is is people want to take Social Security because they don't think they're going to live long. But what if you accidentally live too long? What if you live longer than you think you're going to live? That yeah. stinks. You got to we have to play the long game and say, if I live too long, what makes sense? If I die early, that stinks. You know what? Bummer. But if I live too long, that can be almost worse than passing away early because Plus, you could certainly run out of money. Right. Plus, you have to consider your spouse and family yeah. and what's going to be best for their situation uh, if you pass away you know so that your social security can make a difference in your spouse what your spouses get no it's totally spot on tony cuz what you're talking about you're mentioning survivorship benefits maxing yeah. out a survivorship benefit for a surviving spouse is huge because you know what if you're married or you're in a two person household with two incomes i can promise you one thing you all have the same problem and that's called a diminishing income someday. When someone dies, one of those checks is going away. The household is losing income. And so if you don't think about what that survivorship benefit looks like, that can be really damaging to the surviving spouse. But you know what's something else, Tony, that nobody ever talks about? What's what that? 
what about taxes? You know, it's funny. We, we all get into income planning and how much money do we need to be comfortable. But what about tax planning? Has anyone ever thought about that for two seconds? Social you security. Mean ta- you mean tax planning as it relates to your retirement income plan and retirement Absolutely. savings? Because remember, you can say, I need $5,000 a month in retirement. But what, what happens after you pay taxes? How much is really in your pocket? See, social security is a powerful asset class in that respect. Remember, at a minimum... 15% of your social security is tax exempt and potentially up to all of it is tax free depending on your situation. Sure. Additionally, if it is taxed, it's not taxed on the state level. It's only taxed on the federal level. So in California, social security is a very tax efficient asset class. Unlike your 401k or IRA money, which is fully taxable on both levels. Unless it's a Roth, right? Unless it's a Roth, but going back to the pre-tax 401ks, IRAs kind of things where the money comes out, it's fully taxable. That's federal state level taxation, fully taxable, nothing to debate. You're paying everybody for it. And so people don't think about that when they create a retirement income plan. See, oftentimes delaying and maximizing your social security and taking some distributions out of your IRA in early years can help offset the tax liability by the time you're in your 70s. And that's a powerful strategy that I help my clients understand very regularly. Sure. And if you picked up the phone and took two seconds to call us at 805-500-7035, you could set up a complimentary consultation where I can help you understand how that tax strategy could really positively affect your retirement income plans. There's yeah, always- because you have to have a plan you have to have a plan for it. And again, just like the social security decision, just like in our first segment talking about uh, the markets and your savings and the economy, emotions come into play. You, we make emotional right. decisions on when to take Social Security. We make an emotional decision on our investments, uh, because, like you talked about in the markets. And then uh, we were talking about the economy, and obviously nobody has a crystal ball, but you know people get panicky with their investments if they're unsure about where the economy's headed or if they think it's going to tank. But the problem is right now is that there's mixed feelings and really there are a lot of good indicators for the economy, right? Well, and that was the point of today's show, Tony. It wasn't to say that the market can't go down tomorrow, but it was to try to just kind of weed out a little bit of the negative rhetoric that we're so used to hearing lately. Everybody preaches doom and gloom. I mean, the insurance guys on the, you know, on the radio and the other people, all they say is, oh my gosh, the, the stock market's up so high. You know, if you don't get out now, it's all over. What, what investing is about, Tony, is it's about time horizon. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being in the stock market if you have the time to take that level of risk. And so when we build a retirement income plan, that is one of the things that we're always looking at. Obviously, we're much more conservative if we need money out of our investments now. But as we look at the future of your retirement, if you're going to be around for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, we need to make sure there's some stock market exposure in there. There's a little bit of risk, a little bit of growth. You need that. You can't just give it up and lay dead sideways because I'll tell you what, you put all your money in a CD and earn 1%. uh, These days, you ain't even keeping up with inflation. Not even close. And But you do, uh, you would admit though that you can't have all your retirement funds and savings uh, in the market or at risk, right? Not at all. You need to have anything that is close to needing for income in the next period of time to be rather conservative. Because the worst thing you want to do 
And, you know, go watch Susie Orman's PBS special. She'll confirm this with me. The last <laughs> thing you want to do is what's called reverse dollar cost averaging. You don't take your retirement income out of the stock market, out of your at-risk investments. Because if the market goes down and you pull your money out and the market goes down and you pull your money out, guess what? You just blew up your account. You're right. A lot of people are concerned about that. I, I think maybe rightly so, but yet... Uh, you want to try to be as optimistic as possible. And like you said, if you're younger, yep, the market can make a correction and, and you can ride it out. Just like 2008, you know, as long as you don't panic and pull out when it's low or get excited and buy when it's high. Do you see people do that? Uh, you know, you, you hit it right on the head, Tony. You know what that is? That's emotional decision making. Let me let me be very clear about something. If you get on the roller coaster ride, you can't get off in the middle. So if you put all your money in the stock market and it goes down hard, the most irresponsible thing you do is panic and try to get off the roller coaster. Sometimes you got to ride it out. And then your own failure was having so much money in the stock market from the get-go because if you needed that money in any near-term future, I mean, think about it. If you wanted to retire in 2009, it was probably very irresponsible to have all your money in the stock market, right? Because right. that didn't end well for you. So when we do retirement income planning, we make sure that we earmark the assets that we need for income to pay our bills, to take care of ourselves, to keep us happy, are in a much more conservative light so we don't have that drama. There's nothing wrong with owning stock market investments, but those have to be the assets that we have no intention of using for much further down the road. And that's what retirement income planning is all about. You yeah. know, as I mentioned before, Transamerica Research Institute last year did a big study. Less than 14% of retirees or baby boomers have any type of retirement income strategy. How pathetic is that? Wow. How do you know bad. what you're supposed to be doing with your assets, with your investments? You know, I had uh, someone come in the other day that had a variable annuity, which I'm not a big fan of, but they had an income rider on it. So someone sold them this variable annuity, someone sold them this income rider. And I said, fantastic, you own this variable annuity and this income rider. What is the plan? When are you planning on triggering the income on it? And they basically said, what are you talking about? Ooh. And I thought, how scary is this? Yeah. We're buying these investments, we're throwing money in them, and we have no clue how to use them and what the purpose is. If you buy an annuity with an income rider, there should be purpose behind it. I need income at age 70. I need $1,500. Therefore, I need to put this much money in it now in order to accomplish that. It's a very simple process to do the right thing for somebody. The problem is, we have a tendency of buying stuff without a plan, without purpose, and then later we're sitting there, you know, kind of drifting in the in the ocean trying to figure out what to do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that can be a problem. Hey, we're out of time for today's show, though, Michael. Why don't you let our listeners know about that phone number and web address, how they can get a hold of you and get a copy of your new book? Yeah. Thanks, Tony. And so, yeah, if anybody wants to give us a call, 805-500-7035. Schedule a complimentary consultation. We'll talk about your taxes. We'll talk about your income planning. We'll talk about your estate planning. We'll get you in order. We'll do it at no cost. And oh, by the way, you can get a copy of my new book that's coming out here, How Your Financial Planner Failed You, a book on retirement planning income essentials. So anyways, 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And we will be back same time, same place next week. So thanks, Tony, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035. 
or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 